Our scripture today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. We hear these words of Jesus out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs, or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear the good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will know them by their fruits. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, hear us. Let us hear with joy. Let us respond with action and conviction what you would have us do. In your name we pray. Amen. So today we begin our Lenten worship series entitled, What Makes a Hero? The Death-Defying Ministry of Jesus Christ. And this series is based on the study um, written by the Louisiana Conference's own Reverend Matthew Rawl. And uh, Matt serves Asbury United Methodist Church in Shreveport. And so this is a series based on the study that he wrote. And it's one of my favorite Lenten series of all time. And I hope you will enjoy it where we take a look at the uh, um, different pop culture heroes that uh, exist and how we relate them uh, back to Jesus Christ. And so, speaking of heroes, what's the first name that comes to mind when you hear the word hero? Ready, set, go. Superman. What'd you say? Catboy. Cat Where's Owlette? <laughs> Anybody else? What's the first hero that comes to mind? Anybody else? Think of the first, think of when you were younger. Who did you want to be most like when you were young? Not hardly. I could do so many of those lines, but half of them are not appropriate for a sermon. Okay, I'll match that one. The one I most wanted to be like when I was young was the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger. I had the mask, the blue outfit, and all the pop guns that you could hold in a toy chest. That was my hero. Anybody else? Think of all those who that you wanted to be like when you were young. And though, you know, we all perhaps named somebody differently, um, except for those who all named John Wayne. But regardless of who our heroes were and are today, our ideas, whether we realize it or not, of what a hero looks like are all very similar. Whether our heroes were fictional or real-life characters. Our heroes oftentimes represent the stories we wish we could tell about ourselves. They are our role models, folks that we uh, want to pattern our life after. They range from the fictional to the real life and beyond. We read about heroes in stories and articles and books. We see them on TV. We witness real-life heroes every day through our first responders, through our linemen that work on electricity, 
as we've seen this week, and many others we can name. And even and especially, we read about heroes in Scripture. The proclamation for this entire series that we make this morning, and that will carry, the thing that will carry throughout this entire season of Lenten series is this. The greatest hero yesterday, today, and forever is and always will be Jesus Christ. This is the proclamation we make. This series is about answering the question, what really makes a hero? We will look at some comparisons each week and how heroes apply to these struggles that we will compare. And then most importantly, we will look at the comparisons through the lens of Jesus and how Jesus defines what a true hero really is. But this week, we begin in Gotham City. After a young Bruce Wayne witnessed the murder of his parents, a desire to fight crime and the criminals that commit them led to the inception of one of the most recognizable and successful heroes of all time. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. The Batman. The Batman. Since 1939, and his relentless fights against the evil forces of the world, like the Joker and who else? Who are some other Batman villains? The Reveler, there you go, thank you. And all of these that I can't remember off the top of my head. I was more of a Superman guy. But all of these heroes, his, his, uh, his relentless fight against all these heroes, Batman became a hero to countless people especially to children who have read his comics, watched the movies, the show, through the years. Heroes are at the very epicenter of the good versus evil saga, whether that is a Batman story or even all the way in Scripture through the book of Revelation. We are enamored by the struggle between good and evil. This struggle is so fundamental to understanding the world around us that we can all relate to it, and we perhaps all have different versions of the same-looking story. But the ending throughout all of the hero stories, and hopefully for all of ours, actually comes out to be the same. Good always triumphs over evil. Good always defeats evil. There is a happily ever after to all of the stories. The universe just feels off when they end a story where good doesn't prevail. You know, I, I love uh, movies that have trilogies and other versions of them, but I hate when they end one of the movies with a negative because the universe just feels off. They do that to make you wait so you spend more money and watch the next one. I was going to do it anyway, so at least end the movie on a happy note, right? Somebody say amen. The universe feels off. Why? You ever ask the question, why? Deep down inside, we always want good to win. Because whether we admit it or recognize it or not, 
We all desire to be on the side of good. We all desire to be on the side of good. And this is also who we are as Christians. This is who we are as followers of Christ. The center of our faith revolves around doing all the good we can, with all the people we can, and in all the ways we can. As John Wesley so delicately put it, we long for good to win. We look for the good in all people, and we look to bring that out. One characteristic of heroes in our stories that we're going to look at today and throughout this series is that they always know the difference and how to recognize the difference between good and evil. Look at Batman versus the Joker. Other than written all over their face, if you didn't know the stories, which one could you just look at and tell was the good versus the evil? And if you couldn't, if it's not always obvious, then look at their actions. Look at their deeds. Look at their goals. Which one serves the good? Which one serves the evil? Sometimes we link good to something that, that feels or produces a, a positive result or, 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 or a positive response to something. This is one way that, that we recognize the good over the evil. Other times, though, the good is not so recognizable because it goes beyond what makes us feel good, especially in the moment. In fact, good can sometimes make us feel bad. Anybody have their COVID vaccine <laughs> or any other shot lately? It may not feel good when that needle's going in, but it is, in fact, a good thing. Whether that be no matter what the, the medical procedure may be. Not one feels good in the moment, but it is serving a good purpose. Good can also mean how effective something is. Good can also mean how effective something is, such as this sermon this morning. It can mean how effective something is. We often judge goodness, though, according to the result it produces, as we've already talked. But yet again, this is not the extent of good. This is not as far as good goes. Listen to Jesus in Matthew chapter 7. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Jesus, what are you doing? What are you trying to say? Jesus is saying and offering a warning against false prophets, but is also saying that yes, we will know goodness according to the fruit it produces. We will know goodness according to the results that we see. But it's important to keep in mind today that it's not the fruit that makes the tree good. Are you with me? It's not necessarily the fruit that makes 
the tree good. The work we do doesn't make us good and doesn't make us evil. The work we do uh, does not earn or lose us salvation. Instead, the work we produce is a sign of our connection to God. The work we do is a sign of our connection to God. And God is the definition of good. If we are asking the question through our stories of good versus evil, if we're asking the questions outside, is this good, is this bad, is this something I should be doing, is this something I shouldn't be doing, the question we really should be asking is this, does this come from God? Is this, uh, if we're asking what is good, the one must answer the question with, does this come from God? Because only good comes from God. Because God is good. How often? All the time. It is not in the character of our God to produce anything but good. In fact, good is our word for God's activity in this world. When describing how God interacts with the world, we use the word good. In Genesis chapter 1, we sum up the end of each day of creation with this. And God looked at it and said it was good. Why did God say that? Not because it was a masterful, beautiful creation but because it came from God. Simply because it came from God. So how can we tell what is of God and what isn't? The first inclination of everyone is to credit or even blame God with everything that happens in this world. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I know that's Clint Eastwood, but not John Wayne, so, but y'all just stick with me. We tend to credit or blame God with the good, the bad, and the ugly. But this does not fit with the character of the God that we serve. I don't know about you, but one statement that I lived on throughout my life, one that I still look at in ways that helps me get through the day, and there's nothing wrong with going on this, but if we look at it, we have to ask the questions about it. How many of you also have lived by the statement that God won't give me any more than I can handle? Have you heard that before? Have you lived by it? Has it been your motto? There is a glaring issue, however, with this statement. It's a great statement. It's a great way to live. But there is a glaring issue with the statement. It implies that God is the source of everything that happens to us, including the bad and including the ugly. Folks, it is not in the nature of God to produce the bad or the ugly that happens to us. Listen to Matthew chapter 15. Listen to Matthew chapter 15. 
Jesus answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. What Jesus is saying here is this. Not everything we experience in this world comes from God. Not everything we go through comes from God. God did not send the hurricanes that destroyed my house. God did not send the hurricanes this year that ravaged the entire Southwest. Instead, God created a masterful world with complex and unexplainable and unforecastable weather patterns. And those amazing weather patterns can produce hurricanes. God did not cause my family or friend or me to catch cancer. God created a world where diseases exist. God did not create or, quote, allow this pandemic to occur. That is not in the character of the God we serve. God created a world where diseases exist. God did not cause someone to shoot up an office or a school or a church. God did not direct people to fly airplanes into buildings. God created a world where people have the gift of free will. And with that gift, some people choose to do the vilest of ugly and evil things with it. God did not cause or allow these things to happen because in the nature, our God is good. All the time. It's just this idea that makes it so easy for heroes to identify the difference between good and evil. Evil is what feels terrible. Evil is what fails. And it goes beyond that even. Evil is just plain nothingness. Evil is nothingness. It's nothing in the sense that evil creates a void that cannot stand, that goes beyond just nothing. It creates a void and it cannot stand by itself. Take a shadow, for instance. A shadow can only exist at the intersection of light and darkness. It's real, but it only exists when the light is blocked. Right? This is the very definition of evil and of the devil. Evil is only seen when the light of good is blocked. And it is blocked oftentimes by the very presence of the evil. Are you with me this morning? Heroes are the ones who fight to move those barriers out of the way so that evil cannot block the light and the light can shine freely. That light is the goodness of God. And that light that is the goodness of God was made manifest in Jesus Christ. 
You notice in the description, though, that evil merely blocks light. You know what evil never does? Evil can never replace good. Evil can never replace good. There can be no shadow present without there being light first. It's because God is so good. God is so good all the time. And God loves us so much that God will never, no, ever, no, never give up on God's beloved children. We are God's beloved children. Evil can never replace good because God will never give up on us. It is this reason we had Jesus come in the first place. Goodness rooted in the relationship between God and between creation. And the link is Jesus Christ. The link is Jesus Christ. Jesus' suffering, Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection are way more than a good trilogy with a happy ending. (laughs) The suffering on the cross was not simply a trial. Jesus survived with the help of faith, and neither was the resurrection a happy ever after, so we may all be satisfied. Jesus isn't our happily ever after. Jesus is what makes the happily ever after with God possible. Are you with me this morning? Say amen. The Gospels announce that Jesus has been raised. Have you ever noticed this? I love the wordplay in Scripture. This is where my analytical mind comes in. I love the wordplay of Scripture. The Gospels announce that Jesus has been raised. This means that resurrection was not something that the human Jesus did on his own. God, through Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, reveals the truth that evil and death is simply an empty nothingness. And God is the good that transforms us and fills our nothingness with the redemption that we so desperately need. Jesus, the human Jesus, was raised because God did the raising. Because all the time, God is good. You know, many of the citizens of Gotham City were not fans of Batman. They didn't want him around. They thought he was a criminal. They thought he was causing things to happen that he shouldn't. Many were not pleased. They wanted him locked up. Batman was not necessarily the hero that Gotham wanted. But you, do you know what he was, at least in the stories? He was exactly the hero Gotham needed. Sometimes in this life, Jesus is not the hero that we want. But Jesus is the hero that all of us so desperately need. Jesus is the hero that God sent because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him 
will not perish but have everlasting life. God loves us that much, and God is that good. This is the gospel message today. God is good. God is the source of good. Evil exists because of the world we live in. But it is not caused by God. But God is the one who can get us through. And God has proven that through Jesus. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.